0: The Retirement Remix, episode one with Jill Lewis, Chief Development Officer at Signature Wells Strategies in Florence, South Carolina. You're listening to The Retirement Remix podcast with award-winning financial advisor, host, author, and founder of a thriving financial planning company, Chip Munn. Here you'll get a regular dose of real-life retirement stories and inspiration from incredible, unique people just like you. Each episode features interviews with entrepreneurs, local business owners, CEOs, world travelers, and community leaders. Listen in now to be inspired, find direction, and build your own retirement remix. Welcome to the first episode of the retirement remix. I'm your host Chip Munn. And before we jump into our discussion with our first guest, I want to tell you a little bit about what you can expect From this podcast, and why I think this subject is important. The concept that I've now termed the retirement remix came out of some research that I did last year. After working with clients for 20 years, one of the things that I found myself doing most was focusing on what I'll call old school retirement. And it dawned on me that many of my clients were really deferring things that they wanted to do now while they were young and healthy enough to do them, in hopes that they'd be able to do all of them someday when they retired. The problem is some folks weren't happy today and others got to that tomorrow they'd been waiting on and never got a chance, whether it's for health or other reasons, to do some of the things they'd always waited to do. When it came to the start realization for me was these were the people who had money They had the money to do some of the things that they wanted to do, but what they didn't know was whether or not they had enough and how it was that they could do it. The other thing that I found was that my clients, for the most part, a lot of them liked working. In some cases, maybe they didn't like all the things that they were doing. More than not liking working itself, they didn't like how they were working. And so I decided to do some research. What I found was, Back in 2017, there was a list of the top 10 happiest and the top 10 healthiest, two different lists, countries in the world. Could you imagine that that there was such a thing? But in looking at the results from 2017 of the happiest and the healthiest countries, there were four countries that were on both Lists And so I figured those countries must be doing something right. And after doing some digging, there are some really kind of common things that I found that each one could have. And my hope was that by doing this research, finding out what it was that was helping folks in these countries be happy and healthy, that I could use that information to help my clients live happier, healthier lives now, too. So what I found was that in these, I call them the fun four Countries, they take off an extra 220 hours a year compared to the average worker in the United States. They also focus a lot on having strong social ties. They take care of themselves. Of course, it's easier to eat right and exercise when you're taking off an extra 200 plus hours a year. And they were willing, I I would have to think, in part because they were working less stringently and stressfully and less hours now they were willing to work a little longer in terms of years. They actually worked an extra two and a half years compared to the average American worker, but they did it in a way where I consider it to be almost more many retirements where each year they were taking more time for themselves instead of putting all of the pressure, let's say of all these things that we wanted to do on their retirement years. I, I took that information. I started to share it with my clients and i learned that despite the fact that many of them my clients felt like this old school retirement idea was what they aspired to most of them in reality were actually living something more like this retirement remix where they were doing things a little bit differently and so this podcast and kind of the the concept and the movement that we're beginning here really centers around the idea that there's not a one size fits all generic way to, quote, do retirement. My first guest is a dear friend of mine, Jill Lewis. Jill is the chief development officer here at Signature Wealth. And Jill is somebody who has successfully avoided, I think, kind of the traditional old school retirement now twice. Jill, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chip. So
1: glad to be with you.
0: Jill, if you would, for our guests, kind of walk through kind of your career path that brought you to where you are today.
1: That's rather a long story, but I'll try to make it succinct. I actually graduated college with a couple of degrees in education. So my first career was actually in the New York area and I taught school and I moved down here and teaching school was, I found out in Where we were in those years, not really where I wanted to be. And I was lucky because I had the ability to look out there and decide where I could make a difference. I ended up in manufacturing and human resources, which I absolutely loved. And it's the saying that if you really love what you're doing, it's really not work. And so I worked many years in the human resource area. And then I left that area to do something totally different. And I went to a technical college where I was there, institutional advancement, which, of course, is chief development and working for nonprofits and building relationships. And when I left there, I decided I really did not want to retire. I had, as Chip had explained Sometimes you do some of the things you want to do when you're younger and healthier. So one of the things that we had done early was to travel. So when I was ready to retire, I had to find something that I could still feel worthwhile and still be innovative and relevant and motivated. And I just did not want to go to the actual the retirement, the old school, because that was going to be no fun for me. And when I made my list of the pros and the cons, I found everything was a pro to continue to work. There were no cons. I mean, sure, I may want to get up a little later, but if you're really involved and engaged in what you do, Your social life is better. Your health is better. Everything that you work toward, even if it's not as much money as you are making, you are still independent and you're not using as much of your retirement because you're still bringing in money that you can use for extras. One of the biggest things I think is being active and relevant. And as long as you can keep those ideas in your head, then you are worthwhile, not only to yourself, but to the community and to your family. And it's crucial to have a happy, healthy life feeling worthwhile.
0: So Jill, when you think about kind of, again, what I'll call the old school retirement, the I'm going to work at the same job for 30 or 40 years. And if I work long enough, and I call it the, Work hard, retired, exhausted, the <laughs> concept from an old school perspective of I'm going to work at this job for thirty years, I'm going to get a watch, i'm going to get a pension, maybe, and then I'm going to live. Do you think that that is a concept, kind of that old school mindset, do you think it's broken
1: for the people that I deal with now in my age group? I wouldn't even use the word broken anymore. I would say it is gone because most of my friends in our age group have found things to do that make them feel worthwhile and are outworking. I honestly don't know a huge amount of people that at the age of 65 turned their keys in and said, "Bye." You know, they were going to have a different type life because they didn't enjoy it once they got out there.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: They didn't have anything to do. They didn't relate to people. Their social life changed when they left work. All the events that they had gone to for 30, 40 years, they no longer were either invited to or they weren't interested in being there. And, you know, you cannot sit around all day long and watch TV and play golf. You can't even go to the gym. Five times a day it there's nothing to keep them occupied and engaged and happy
0: well, that makes sense i've seen studies that actually talk about the fact that you know one of the issues with, with old school retirement is the development of it it can actually shorten your lifespan by not going to work because you develop or, or you can for a lot of people kind of a more sedimentary lifestyle and like you say, you can only go to the gym for, for so long, or, or at least I can, where you either get bored or you or you wear out. And so finding other meaningful things to do, I think, is incredibly important. So Jill, for our listeners, what are some examples maybe uh, of folks that you know or have seen who are doing more what we would call the, the remix, who are re-engaging, who are doing the idea of retirement or, or doing life a little differently. Do you, can you think of any examples? Sure. But
1: one of the things that I have to tell you, you know, when you're at this age, which hopefully everyone will get to this age and even older, it used to be that you would sit around a party or sit around a gathering and you would talk about your children, your trips. I mean, every age group has different discussions. And Chip, one of the things you are not old enough to understand yet is when we sit down now, our discussions are innovations as to what somebody in their early 70s can go do and be active in and be accepted and be a giver in that arena and still work or consulting. That's a big subject. You know, these people who are retiring have a huge amount of knowledge. And I will tell you, coming out of human resources, you're not always ready to lose that knowledge in the workplace. And many of these workplaces are asking these people who are considering retirement to come back as a consultant. So they're not going to work a huge amount of years, but they are consulting That's a very popular thing right now. So there are lots of discussions about what keeps one busy after they have stopped or changed their career to match their age and their
0: expertise. One of the things that I I read not long ago was the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And, And I think that, you know, there's a to your point, there's a great deal of wisdom that that we develop over the years. And that's what as employers, as a society, that we get great benefit from folks who have lived and who have experience in areas. And that's what I think that we need to be able to to maintain over time. Because you often tell me you don't know what you don't know. And I I think that finding ways for folks over time to be able to continue to pass on that wisdom to the next generation is incredibly important from my vantage point.
1: Well, sharing is what makes the world go round because you can train people with, without them even knowing that that's what you're doing. That's why mentors are so important in this society. And if you're lucky enough to have a mentor, They're usually the older people who are still extremely active and want to be a part of something bigger and give back.
0: So we talk a little bit about folks who are kind of of a generation where they are wanting to continue to be active after having kind of a full, if you will, quote, normal tenured career. You've survived through the the potential of retirement and and decided not to do it the traditional way a couple of times. I'm curious, what would be your biggest fear about kind of full-blown old-school retirement for you?
1: My biggest fear is that I would be bored to death. And my other biggest fear is that somehow... As we talk about in this office, if you don't have a professional finance person helping you plan your life, you fear that you're not going to have, un- because people are living longer and if you're healthy, you may not have enough to last you for the rest of your life. And The other thing that people now are fearing is the fact that medicine and medical costs have escalated to the point where you have no idea what is going to come down or what you may have later in life. And some of these are catastrophic and the costs are catastrophic. And of course, that worries people because you really don't want to take your entire nest egg and, and spend it on medical
0: no, for sure. And one of the things, and I, I want to be clear kind of as we're in this first episode, our, the purpose of and the intent of this podcast isn't for us to convince people to work forever. That's, that's not the point. What it is, is to take a look at all the different factors that can be involved, not in in the, quote, retirement, but in your life, and making sure that you plan for and put yourself in a position to be able to live as confidently in the future as possible, and I, I think that you mentioned something, Jill that that should folks, as part of their plan plan for working or doing some additional, yeah, you know, whether it's consulting or taking on a a part time gig. I, I think that one of the things that it does do for people in a real world sense. Is if you still have some some extra income coming in again from things that you enjoy doing and and give you the ability to feel valuable, is that it's less money that you have to draw from whatever sources of other sources of retirement. A lot of people these days don't have a pension, like say my granddad, you know, my grandparents when they retired, the two of them got the vast majority of uh, between social security and their pensions. They got the vast majority of their income that they were making while they were working from those sources. And so one of the concerns that I hear a good bit is, I mean, really, the biggest question we ever ask for an answer for anybody is, will I have enough money? Will I have enough? And and that will I have enough can have a lot of the for for retirement, for College for my kids or grandkids, but really, by finding ways that you enjoy to continue to be able to do those things and, and maybe and also earn an income for them, you reduce the amount or eliminate in some cases the amount that you need to be able to draw off of your savings and so or you defer it so that those savings have an opportunity to continue. To grow, and so, but the other side of the coin, Jill, is the idea that we also want to be able to not just work longer and work different kind of in our later years, but also you have uh, you have kids who are who are younger, who are in their forties and fifties. And what kind of advice would you have for younger people? You know, say folks my age or or even younger who are looking to really kind of shift the way they look at how they work and the potential for eventually, you know, staging a career and and cutting back to the point, you know, where you come to the end of your working life, maybe it's a, a little later. What would you say to folks who are cuz this is a podcast for all ages. What what would you say to folks who are in their 40s who are really struggling with the, how do I live a little bit now?
1: Yeah. I often have thought back about what I would have done differently if I knew everything I know now. We say that all the time, but it really means something now. For my kids, I certainly would have done it differently to train them to understand the financial planning aspect. Because if you give, if, if a, somebody comes in to tell you that they would like to have this when they're 50 and they say to, to you, but I don't think I can because of the way everything, the costs are going up so, so fast. And you, the, the professional actually creates a financial plan for them so that they have a goal to live toward. Now, that doesn't mean they have to follow it. You know, day by day, but if they have a goal and they can see the big picture, they can figure out how they can buy what they want at that particular age. And then you look beyond that age or they look beyond that age and figure out what did they go to school for? Where can they take that degree to the next level? And how will they gain the money and the expertise? To move further out as they get older so that all of this is planned for them because they really never intended to retire at the 60 or 65 year old age that we have done previously. I just, it, it takes a lot of expertise and talking to the right people to get it where you're going once you have decided on your initial career.
0: I think that you know a big part of our job as financial advisors and I say this a lot of times to new prospective clients is to serve as a negotiator almost between their current self and their future self. You know their their future self has things that they want to be able to do. They may even just have things that they know that they want to be able to do or have the freedom to do Even if they don't know what they are yet, they just they just know that there's going to be kind of more and better out there. And at the same time, and again, I'm a my wife and I have four boys. We have two who are in college and we have um, parents whom uh, we've had to in one way or or another kind of help take care of my dad. Passed away not long ago and had to have time to take care of him physically. And it's a really tough kind of age to be in where you're really wanting to balance. One of the questions I answer a lot for people is, you know, how much should I save for my retirement versus my kids college? And so it's really and I guess part of what we're talking about today, Jill, is there's there's no one size fits all. Everybody wants Something different. And by sitting down and having that conversation about where we are now, where we want to be, and and how we kind of bridge the gap, we can really, to your point, sit down and figure out, you know, maybe what if the traditional retirement calculator, if you just go out on the internet and you you go to one of those sliders, it talks, you you say, when do I want to retire and how much money do I want to have? What it doesn't do is, is say, well, what if I want to you know, retire at, or, or I, I don't want to retire at age 60, but I want to cut my work in half? What if instead of making X amount of dollars a year now, I want to work a little less and have more time with my family? Those are things that, that from a professional standpoint, we can get more sophisticated in. But sometimes, it's really just about having that conversation. And my hope is that in us having this conversation will open people's minds over the years in doing this podcast of what is possible. That, that the idea that we have to do it the way that it's always been doing is really, it, frankly, it's a fallacy because the, the way that people think that everybody else is doing it. It's not true. Like you said, uh, you know, plenty of people who don't just retire at a certain age and and do nothing because they have other things that they want to be able to do and feel and accomplish. And I think sometimes and again, part of my desire in initiating this discussion is to open up the kind of see behind the curtain that. The way that we think everybody's doing retirement and the the way that we feel like we have to plan for it, it's not real. Nobody's actually or a lot of people aren't actually doing it that way. And so it's great for me, Jill, to hear you say that as someone who is living it and, and who, who deals with and, and is friends with people who are who are really doing it a different way.
1: I want to share one thing. I said early on that you need to make a list of pros and cons. And I truly believe that. And then I'll share something with you. I decided to pre-test retirement. So in between my last job and before I came here, I had a three-week stint, which I said to myself, okay, you're going to just see how it is not to get up at four o'clock in the morning and not to be, and just, you know, take a couple of weeks and see how you like it. And honestly, I hated it. I knew immediately after the first week of being home and retired, I already knew I was going to go to work, but I was pretesting that I had made the right decision because I just couldn't figure out I hadn't planned correctly to do the old retirement. And I just never wanted to be there. And that's why I say, if you make a list and pretest some of these things that you have in your head that you think might be worth it, do that before you make a permanent decision.
0: It's a little bit like renting before you buy, right? right. One of the things that, that I often suggest to people who are considering a second home is before you go out and make a a commitment, whether it's to a mortgage or just outlaying a lot of capital, before you do that, take the amount of money that you think that you're going to spend on that second home and put it in the bank. And instead of buying that place right now, test it out. Uh, rent different places. Go and and do a, especially now with a, an Airbnb kind of, of situation, go live a place for a month and and see how much you're going to use it and whether or not you're going to like it. And what I hear you say is that's kind of what you did with retirement. You said, "Hey, I'm going to probably go back to work, but wonder what this would be like if I actually did it." And so you actually kind of tested it out.
1: I did, and and the reason I could test it out was because you know when. Well, I don't know about everybody who's listening, but when I take a vacation, I am enjoying my vacation. But on my mind is what's waiting for me back at work, calling in and just checking on things. So you're never really totally away. I mean, you still have that sort of turn paper on your shoulder where you know you're going to get back and you have all this to do. So though couple of weeks that I had, I didn't have any of that. So I felt like I was really testing retirement. And that's when I knew I had made the absolute right decision to go back to work.
0: Well, and I I think there are a lot of ways that we can practically do that over a long period of time so that we can make sure that we're ready, you know, for me I, I'm in my mid 40s. I hate to say that, but I had a birthday recently, so I guess'm I'm, I'm kind of in the mid 40s and you know one of the ways that I think that we can do that over a long, long period of time and build the what would end up being the kind of retirement life that we would want is to take exactly what you said and use it intentionally as a blueprint. So two weeks a year. I'm going to take, you know, uh, in theory, and maybe I'll try it and let everybody know how it goes. Two weeks a year, <laughs> I'm going to take two weeks off, not work, and then do what I think a retirement would look like, and and begin to experiment with. And I think that if we will be intentional, we can design our retirement so that when we do get to a place where we choose not to work, and, and we have plenty of clients who could not work, but do. Uh, and, and the key is for, uh, you know, the, the ability to not go to work if you don't want to is very, uh, I, again, I, I witness it through other people, but it's very freeing. It's a lot easier to go to work when you've made a plan and financially you don't have to anymore. A lot of that stress goes away when you don't have to go. But I think there are a lot of ways we can use that strategy you mentioned, Jill, to... To get to a place where we can take more and more time, kind of like some of these fund for countries, we can take a little bit more time every year. We can test out different things that we think we might want to do as part of a, again, a longer term. I'm just of the mindset that for too long, we thought that retirement was a vacation we were going to go on one day and never come back. And so instead I, i'm a big proponent of figuring out ways to take more of those and kind of I'll call them mini retirements kind of each year to take part of that time back along and along and maybe use those as a bit of an experiment for when we do hit the the long stretch retirement where we do get to a place where we don't go to work at all anymore we already have tested and known exactly what it's going to be like
1: right and, it, you know, and it's fun to do something different. It's crucial, you know, for your mental health and your physical health and everything else that goes along with being somebody who can give back. It's crucial for you to be happy.
0: And I think that for those of us, you know, in again, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, who are a long way from what the, the old school retirement age would have been. Anyway, I can just imagine if I were to do those kind of mini retirements, begin that experiment of how would I spend my time? I've got to think, because I've done it a couple of times, that you come back to work much more rested and you're much more able and willing to go the extra mile. You're a lot more productive. You're a lot happier at work from taking some rest in between, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. So one of the things that I think is important and that we've talked about, Jill, is the idea of switching from a mindset of retiring from to retiring to, right? right. Retiring from a job in manufacturing, retiring from, you know, whatever, to the idea of using these many retirements to figure out over a hopefully a long period of, of time, to figuring out what someday we might retire to to being uh, able to be innovative, to being able to be valuable, and to pass along our our wisdom and, and the things that we would really enjoy.
1: And those things are what make the people who are retiring feel worthwhile and relevant, and giving back and helping train and mentor people who are in their thirties and forties to create a, a whole different type. Of training exercise.
0: I think you're absolutely right. And, and so, one of the ways that I hope that over time we can advance this discussion is using this podcast. And, and I'm incredibly excited about the guests that we have lined up for season one. So, just a, a quick rundown of some of the things that you can expect. We're going to have some subject area experts in legal, in tax issues, in real estate, and, and things like how might I decide where I want to live in retirement. We're going to have an expert on, on medical, the state of, of medicine and how we might take that information to, to better prepare ourselves for how to deal with health care. But equally exciting for me is we're going to have some lifestyle stories. We actually have one guest who has sailed around the continent of Australia himself, uh, he and his wife, and also has gotten into an RV and driven from the East Coast to the West Coast of the United States as part of his retirement. His trip around Australia was actually a a test retirement, kind of like what Jill talked about, where he took six months to figure out if he wanted to live on his boat, what that would cost him and what it would look like. We've got people who are in second act careers who are doing something completely different to be able to enjoy and, and keep themselves involved rather than taking that old school retirement route. So we're going to have some subject area experts. We're going to have lots of stories of people who are kind of living this remix lifestyle and doing things differently. But most importantly to you, to our listener, I just want you to understand that retirement, as we have always thought of it, It's just not a one-size-fits-all solution. So what we're doing now is we're developing this retirement remix to be a modern solution to an old-school problem. We want to advance the idea. We want to talk with you about how you might do it differently, how others are doing it differently, because we believe that we're better together, and we believe that by... Really sharing stories of how other people are doing it and and information and ideas as to how you might do it different and better will help you be able to really find the kind of retirement, but more importantly, the kind of life that you would want to live. Not starting at some arbitrary point in the future, but starting today. Jill, I want to thank you for uh, for joining us. Appreciate you. You're a great first guest. Thank you so much for coming.
1: I enjoyed every minute of it. Thanks, Chip, for asking me.
0: Pre- absolutely. Absolutely. Folks, we'll be back at you real soon, and we look forward to talking to you then. We've created a quick guide to help you get started. Go to the retirementremix.com to download the six steps to finding your remix or go to signaturewealth.com to learn more about how our financial planners can help you.
1: Subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts or listen at theretirementremix.com.